On this episode, we're talking about the state of being busy, whether that's good or bad, and if it's bad, what we can do about it. My name is Lou Blazer, and you're listening to Second Breaks. This is episode 102. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks. If you happen to be new to the show, I just want to talk a little bit about what this show is about. Second Breaks is a weekly podcast about people navigating a changing world of work, embracing what's possible, taking leaps, and thriving in their chosen careers. New episodes drop on Thursdays, and I'm so happy that you're on the other side of this microphone with me in your ears on this Thursday or whatever day it is that you happen to be catching this episode. Now, as I mentioned last week in episode 101, for the month of July, we're going to be looking at this big topic of work-life balance from, you know, different angles. I started it off last week, actually, with a bit of, um, well, I guess I got very opinionated and, and ranted a bit about why I think work-life balance is a very personal thing. And we can't really be judging other people's work-life balance. Um, I don't believe that there is a gold standard out there or or a set of best practices that we should be following, uh, you know, in terms of what work-life balance is supposed to be. Perhaps the best practice is, in fact, that work-life balance is something that we need to define by ourselves, for ourselves, based on our values and priorities and phase in life. And if, if you want to hear about my opinionated rant, check out last week's episode 101. So we're continuing on with this topic of work-life balance, looking at it, like I said, from different angles. My friend, Kathy Burke, wrote and published a book a few months ago titled Conquering Busyness, like B-U-S-Y-N-E-S-S. And as soon as I heard the title of her book, I said I wanted to bring her back on the show. Because, you know, I'm busy. I'm, I feel like I'm always busy. And there's a part of me that wants to see if it's possible to fix that. Like, what would I need to do to fix it? Like, can I really fix it? Or do I even need to fix it, maybe, is the fundamental question, right? So I invited Kathy to chat about her thoughts around busyness and the ideas behind her book. So here's my conversation with her, and I'll catch up with you with my personal takeaways at the back end. Just to kind of put our conversation in context, you had written a book that was recently published called Conquering Business. And is, was there, there was a longer subtitle to that, right? What, what was the subtitle to that? The subtitle is actually a definitive guide to stop the overwhelm, get intentional and accomplish great things. Um, which makes you think it's about productivity, but... But it's not, right, exactly. Well, let me tell you, as soon as I saw that the title of the book, Conquering Business, I was like, you know, I have to read this book because never, until now, never in my entire professional life have I been asked the question, how are you? And my first impulse is not to say... Oh, I'm busy. That is always my first impulse is like, oh, busy, busy, right? And so sometimes I feel like, am I celebrating my busyness? So 
I thought maybe what we can do to just to kind of level set is start with, because there, there is something about this topic, like to your point, people are going to think this is about productivity, but it's, it's not really about it. So what do you think are the things that we, and I'm going to put myself here, we are, are doing that's making us, uh, sort of not able to manage all the things on our plate? When I wrote the book and I titled it, this is, so it's busyness, be, B-U-S-Y. My husband was even like, no one's going to know what that means. Well, he doesn't work in like any kind of corporate world or he's not even truly an entrepreneur. Um, So I said, people will get it. Believe me, they will get it. And it it isn't about productivity in the normal sense, but it is um, maybe at the meta level. But the whole, like you said, and I even mentioned that in the book about you ask somebody how they're doing and that's the first thing they say, oh, I'm so busy. And we almost wear it like a badge of honor, right? But but part of it, the reason it came to me as an idea is it's something that's been percolating in my life for a while. So we've talked before on here about per, uh, career pivots. And I was a, an entrepreneur for 18 years. I owned and operated a UPS store. I've always kind of had a side gig. And then for a while, I did some economic development. And I found out that that just was not for me. And part of it was because it was a very slow-paced job. And I thrive in busyness. So you just have to be very careful that your busyness is serving you because it's that fine line between stress and passion, right? So if it's your passion, maybe we should try to answer it like, oh my gosh, I'm living my passion or, you know, I don't know. It would just get a strange look from most people, but it'd be like, we should try that. We should actually try that for a change. <laughs> That's true because the the word carries some negative connotation. Although to your to to your point, we some some of us w- sometimes would say as a badge of honor, like, "Look, I am busy." Especially in the world I come from right now, which is in healthcare, it is so much about the grind and adding on more, and then that's where you get into real stress and burnout. So I think the the biggest part about it is, you know. Is it serving you the way you want it to? Is it, do you feel like you've accomplished a lot at the end of the day? Does it create energy in you? It's more about how is it serving you and how does it feed what you're doing in your soul than, than just productivity? There's something that you said there, is it serving you, implies that we have a choice of how busy we make ourselves to be. So some who might be listening to this uh, episode might go, I have no choice. My job is this. These are the things that happen. And I am always busy. So when you say, is it serving you? What the, all the things that you're piling on on your plate, do we really have a choice? And what is that choice like? We do have a choice. And again, it comes from being able to set really good boundaries. You know, I'm a people or recovering people pleasing perfectionist. You know, it's like a double whammy because I always want to help people and I always want them to like me and I always want to say yes, yes, yes. And that's what gets us into trouble, right? And I'm going through this this really big personal thing with my in-laws right now. And even setting some of those boundaries, I start to question, oh, I shouldn't have done that because I'm afraid how they're going to perceive something or how they're going to, you know, well, they think I'm being mean. Um, and we have to get over that. And that's, 
that's really what this book is about, like digging deep to find your core values, because you can say no in a way that helps you set clear boundaries and helps you conquer that busyness. So in, in the, um, I was reading, I, th- I think you, you put this in the description of the book, but I know that you've written about it in the introduction as well of the book. You had used this phrase that I, I like, that is a very interesting way of saying it. And you said um, something around high inducing, never ending cycle of addiction that comes with feeling needed and working all the time. And so I wanted to just put a fit on that and talk a little bit about that because um you know, certain words there I thought were interesting. The addiction part, addiction to feeling mm-hmm. needed, and also that it is very inducing. It is very inducing. And so, you know, in thinking about that whole idea, it's like, well, for one, maybe you don't want to break the addiction. Maybe you love it. But again, it's really paying attention, getting very present and aware with how you are coming into the world, how you're presenting yourself and the energy that you're bringing. Because if you thrive in that, then you don't need to. It's more along the lines of if it's getting to the negative, toxic stress, burnout piece that we all have seen and can know, that's where you really need to step back and say, okay, something needs to change. And it doesn't always have to be drastic. I think we get to this point where it's it's this drastic, oh my God, I'm going to quit everything, you know, and it, it, I, I want to help people before they get to that point, because that's where my mind goes. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing that ever again, you know, and that's like not where I want to Swing get. all the way to the right or swing all the way to the left. Totally. I am that person. So this is why I'm writing. You know, they say you teach what you need to learn. Yeah. But this thing is so funny because I hear, I hear that sort of being needed all like in different ways that there is that being needed in the corporate in in the job front right so i would hear managers complain my staff they need me like they need me to answer everything like they can't you know that and then they're complaining because you know their staff need them all the time and then i Mm -hmm. also i hear that from from parents my kids they need me all the time they can't even do this they can't even fix themselves a sandwich i have to do everything makes us all question whether is this something that we are actually encouraging <laughs> encouraging and producing right like my husband and I have this discussion all the time about my son because he seems to be needed to be told something 3 to 5 to 10 times you know and it's like okay but we created that, you know, because we're the ones that did for him and checked up on him. And, hey, did you feed the dog? Hey, did you feed the dog? Hey, did you feed the dog? He's been feeding the dog since he's five and he's now 15. If he doesn't know to feed the dog, oh, my gosh, we are failing as parents. You know, thank God we only have one. <laughs> so sometimes we are putting it out. We are the ones who are, you know, making it so. Sometimes we are, but the beauty of life is that we can always change, right? That's our prerogative. And, and again, don't beat yourself up about it because that's the other thing. And that's why I say the people pleasing perfectionist, because not only would I set then these ideals and I would swing all the way to the right, then all of a sudden I'd be like beating myself up for it and judging what I had done and, oh, I shouldn't have done it or human. And so 
just those little tweaks and and that's a lot of this book is really more about building in awareness in times of mindfulness to really say this feels good this doesn't feel good this is working this isn't working and then going forward from there yes that is so true because always it starts from um before we even start change or try to change what's around us is what's going on with me first is this feeling good um is this serving me uh at all right and you know so when you go back to your question about um parents doing that with their kids or leaders doing it with employees and stuff one of my favorite quotes i put right at the beginning of chapter 1 which is if you think your problem is from out there you'll try to solve it from outside take the shortcut and solve it from within which is byron katie but it's amazing because so much of what we do need to solve we can do from the inside when you got to the point when you said i need to write this book or i want mm-hmm. to write this book was it because that you were feeling like okay i have got myself into this busy phase that i need to sort of change things up like what was the main push for you to write this book the main push was that i i'm older <laughs> so because you do get wiser i think as you get older you know back in my 20s as an entrepreneur for me it really was about building my business and it was in it still is about building my business but i'm building it in a way now that is definitely i'm not trying to do all the bright shiny objects that i'd always done before because that's where you get like pulled in every direction you can't do it all and i think once you learn that i don't even want to do it all that's the thing i don't even want to you know i was doing it because i thought i had to do it so it's that whole hustle is sexy and grinding more is what it takes and you know I I just don't believe in that any longer because I'm to a point in my life where um I think it is more about just being really effective and that comes from inside and it's so if I can help anyone cut out that 20 year journey I took that's that's what this is about. Yeah, that reminded me what you just said that reminded me of another book. I didn't know if you're familiar with Paul Jarvis, but he wrote this book called Company of One which is in the face of all these messages out there about the seven figure business or the hustle 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 and the scaling 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 and he wrote a book that says i am happy to just be a company of one i have no plans of you know having 10 employees or you know he that's not his game plan that's not what he wants to build so to your point you know what do i want to what's the business that i want what's the career that i want do i even want that and that's oh you so hit it on the head i mean you so hit it i have not read that book but i need it because and that's it you know back um so to put a little perspective i'm i'm 51 um but back in my 20s it was all about going to school getting out getting married getting a job and working yourself up the corporate ladder or whatever ladder that was i was a bit of a rebel in the fact that i didn't finish school that way i finished it much later and then i went right into management instead of like corporate but the whole thing about that that business of one or that it is you can't believe all the hype that's out there unless that's really what you want to do and that's 
more than anything. And so I think even with your second breaks and your career pivots, I think that's where we get why it's called the midlife crisis is you get to a point where you're like, oh my gosh, I've been working so hard at this and I don't even want it. It's like, what am I doing? And so again, if we can help those 20 or 30 somethings cut out some of that time and really try to find yourself from the beginning. And I, you know, quite honestly, I know millennials get a bad rap, but I think they've got it better than I had anyways, because they're more aware of all this. They're more aware of wanting a work-life balance and, and that sort of thing. I wanted to pop in quickly to tell you about a new resource that I've put together. It's called Five Ninja Moves for Your Career Pivot. This guide highlights curated tips from the most popular, the most commented on, the strongest stories from the Second Breaks podcast. So these are actual strategies that have come from the case studies that we have uh, showcased on this podcast. So what you need to do is go to secondbreaks.com and right there on the homepage, you will see the link to download the five ninja moves for your career pivot. Okay, so get that guide, secondbreaks.com. Okie dokie, let's get back to Kathy. In the beginning, when we started this, we said it's not really about productivity. Um, and then a few minutes ago, you, you mentioned the word effectiveness. So can you just differentiate? I think there is an implied difference there. And so if you wouldn't mind just talking about your, your point of view about um, like the difference between productivity and effectiveness and where should we be leaning towards ideally? Well, yeah, I mean, we're not we're not these um oh you know industrial machines that just need to crank stuff out we we really need to be doing things and doing them again in the right way for me which may be like what Lou's doing and it may be not like Lou's doing um but really finding out what it is that we can do and doing it for ourselves and i think i don't know if i use this in the book or not but my son likes to golf and when he golfs, he swings a golf club like a baseball bat. And even if you don't know anything about golf, what's great about that is you can get a lot of distance on a ball. What's bad about it is he has no accuracy. And so I can out golf him almost every time just because mine goes right down the fairway. I'm slow, and but I'm very accurate all the time. And so he's learned. So now he's in actual an actual team and the coach is trying to break that habit and so here all along he's learned the wrong thing and now he needs so that's how I compare productivity to effectiveness effectiveness is making sure you're doing the right things again sometimes that can only be for you and that's the hard part right we want somebody to tell us exactly how to do it and we want somebody to give us the cheat sheet and the checklist and the unfortunately you can't really do that. You have to spend some time with yourself to figure that out. You know, I've actually just started this other, um, like really thinking about putting out a course and doing it more as a beta version. And I like the whole beta idea because not only are you testing the market instead of creating the whole course and throwing it out there and then maybe nothing happens, you know, that's productivity. Yeah, you were super productive and you had it and you made it, 
but it's not effective if no one buys it. That's that minimum viable product. But the same is true in leadership. If you're just going through the motions that you think are you're supposed to do, you may be super productive, um, but you may be going nowhere with like as far as influence or being really effective because it just isn't who you are. And so I think at the bottom of it all is just being very authentic and being true to who you are. That reminds me of like a very corporate example. Many years ago, I was a client of ours. They, um, the IT department um, spent a lot of money and time and resources developing this IT solution that their users actually didn't want or couldn't <sighs> find. Didn't re- That's not really what they wanted or that's not really how what's going to help them. But the IT department thought this was the sexy product to produce. And so... Um, so on the one hand, if you look at productivity and what they were able to produce that year and all that kinds of stuff, they looked very productive, but it wasn't an effective solution for anybody because it didn't really get by and it didn't really get used. Right, right. And so even in, in healthcare and in my organization, we're, we're getting much better about, okay, did the goals that we set last year and we met you know, that's productive right there. If you set your goals and you're meeting your goals, but did they give us the results we were looking at, which you would understand because it's a very systematic process, right? Um, So what I'm trying to do then is bring that systematic process to individual self-development so that you can be a better leader. Perfect segue for my next question, which is everybody loves tips. And in an effort not to do the swinging from right to left thing that we do, Could you give us maybe two or three quick things that we could, quick things that we could start with, um, so that we don't, you know, go the like the throw the baby with the bathwater kind of right, right, definitely work in some time for pause during your day. I finally found this app called Habit Minder that dings. I have it set, yeah, I have it set for twice a day to remind me to breathe. <laughs> And just for two to three minutes, because if you can just really be intentional about putting some of that kind of time into your day, you can start to then pay attention to those things that really feel more like stress or really feel more like passion. And then that's going to reset your energy. And it just, that's what the goal, that's where the gold is for, for self-leadership, for being influential for what you want to do. So that's tip number one. Take some time for the pause. Um, and the the reason for that is tip number two is to find out who you truly are and what you truly want. Um, you know, in my in my book, and we could give it to your readers. I don't know if it'll make a lot of sense without the book, but I have a whole workbook that goes along with it that is the questions like how to really dig deep in in organizations, we call it the five whys. You know, everybody's probably heard of the five whys that have been in organization. But using that for yourself, like one of my examples is I love to travel. And if I keep just digging deeper and deeper, why do I love to travel? What is it about traveling I like? Um, you get to the bottom where I really am an explorer, which would um, definitely make sense if you look at my varied past, because I've done all kinds of different industries and different things. Um, But I love to learn and I'm an explorer. And that's why I just love to travel. So, you know, taking some time to pause, get to know who you are truly, and then actually do some 
some trials and don't wait. It's it's kind of back to that whole, we could be super productive and plan it all out. Like, okay, I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to do it in two weeks from now. And I'm going to buy all the stuff. And I'm going to, you know, that's how I used to diet. It was every Sunday night. It would be like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to instead just do it, you know, and I am just a ready fire aim person. If I'm going to do something, I just do it. And I have much better results than planning it all out. And then that's how you do tweaks. Just do little tweaks and see what works. For me at first, it was like quitting Diet Coke, you know, and then the next thing was like, okay, I need to really take in fewer carbs. And so I think it's that it's more those little bitty tweaks than none of this. Oh my gosh, I got to revamp everything. You know what I mean? I just wanted to put a pin on your second point, the way that you describe that, because sometimes we ask ourselves the question, what do I really want or who, I, who am I really? And the answers don't come right away. And sometimes you have to, you know, spend some time asking yourself, digging through, asking yourself over and over, because it doesn't always come, this is who I am. And then it's one of those things, again, for one you might try it and that's not who you are or that's not what you like to do. And that's okay. Even in, you know, I work with a lot of people on core values and finding the core values. And one of my biggest aha moments was 20 years ago when I figured out for one, your core values can change. I mean, they really can depending on what age in life you are, what stage of life you're at, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but also just in knowing that if you have a big project coming up that this that work might be your number one core value for this period of time, but family really is your big, you know, so that was yeah. really eye-opening for me. But so, yeah, not only asking yourself the five whys over and over and over, but also asking yourself, you know, a good coaching question that worked for me really well was, okay, but if you did know, what would you think? Because I think in the back of our minds, we usually know but we, there's that fear because we usually know we're just afraid to say or afraid of what someone will think. Last two questions, Kathy. Uh, where can we find your book? On Amazon, for sure. It's called Conquering Busyness. There's the um, Kindle version and a paperback. I'm working right now on the audiobook, which, oh, that's hard telling you because I'm trying to record it. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yes, go to Amazon.com and you can find it there. Then lastly, Kathy, where can we find out more about you? Where can we follow you online? Well, I, I as you know, I hang out on Instagram a lot. I like Instagram and I, I do some stuff on Facebook. I'm starting to do a lot more with YouTube because I really do like the video platform because I am a much better talker than a writer. Go figure. I put out a book and I talk better than I write. But that's where I'm going. Um, but definitely you can go to my website, kathybork.com. This has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me here on Second Breaks again. Well, thanks for having me. I just love you. And I'm so proud of you. 100 episodes is fantastic. You go, girl. So here's my personal takeaway. Conquering busyness is less about being more productive or fitting in more in less time or even, you know, time management. It's more about asking myself whether my busyness, my state of being busy is serving me and is serving my goals. Now, 
As my goals change, the answer to the question may change as well. So while I may be okay with my state of busyness today, how I feel about it may change in a year or even in a few months' time. So over to you. I would love to hear what you think about this conversation, this topic of busyness. Tell me, are you always busy? And is your busyness serving you? You can tweet me or direct message me on Instagram. At Second Breaks is where you'll find me in both platforms. Or you can leave a comment in the show notes, which you can find at secondbreaks.com forward slash podcasts. Look for episode 102. I would really love to hear from you. Now, next week, I'm bringing back a conversation that I had with Nick Poplowski on what sounds like an oxymoron, balanced hustle. Is there even such a thing? Balanced hustle. Sounds like jumbo shrimp, you know? Can this be done? Can we have, can we be doing a balanced hustle, right? So Nick talks about this because he's a former lawyer who went in search of a different way of making a living without all the stress associated with being a lawyer. So the best way to make sure that you don't miss that episode is to subscribe to the podcast now via whatever app it is that you're using right now. By the way, subscribing to the podcast is free of charge. I got asked this question last week, so I thought I'd mention it. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you typically listen to podcasts. And if you've been a listener and generally like the podcast, I would really appreciate the favor of leaving me a review on iTunes. Thank you so much. Okay, I will be back next week and hope that you will be too. Until then, keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. Cool beans.